Are the habits you have today on par with the dreams you have for tomorrow? By Alan Stein. Well, this is the question that everyone should ask oneself because your habits can make a huge difference when it comes to your life goals and living a fulfilling and successful life. Namaskaram. I welcome you all with all the love and gratitude to this very special episode with a very special and an incredible guest who raised this insightful question. Alan Steen himself. Alan is an experienced keynote speaker and author. He is a performance coach with a passion for helping others change behaviors. He has authored Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best and Sustain Your Game, High Performance Keys to Manage Stress, Avoid Stagnation and Beat Burnout. He spent 15 plus years working with the highest performing basketball players including NBA superstars Kevin Durant, Steph Curry and Kobe Bryant. Through his customized programs, he transfers his unique expertise to maximize both individual and organizational performance. Alan is a dynamic storyteller who delivers practical, actionable lessons that can be implemented immediately. He teaches proven principles on how to utilize the same approaches in business that elite athletes use to perform at a world-class level. His previous clients include American Express, Pepsi, Sabra, Starbucks, and many more. The strategies from Alan's book, Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets, from the best of the best are implemented by both corporate and sports team around the world. So let's raise our game, welcoming Alan Steen and learn some life-improving tips. Alan, welcome to Self Talk Show. So first of all, I would like to say that I'm very grateful to you for choosing Self Talk Show as a medium to spread awareness regarding the same and also very honored to have you as guest speaker on my show. Second of all, many, many congratulations to you on your recent book, Sustain Your Game. I'm sure your book will act as a boon for many. So, how about we start our conversation discussing your life journey? So, how did you discover your real self? How did you turn into the real you? And who inspired you to do so? Wow, this has been a lifelong process. Um, it's certainly not been one isolated or, or acute moment in time. Um, it's been a gradual evolution. But I will say the turning point to all of my self-reflection and self-discovery and self-evolution uh, was when I started to see a therapist uh, when I was getting divorced back in 2015. Um, my now ex-wife and I went in for some couples counseling and I was so drawn to the process um, that I decided to go weekly uh, for the next two years by myself. And my therapist did a masterful job of helping uncover some of my blind spots and some ways that uh, uh, I was not serving myself and that was really the impetus that got me started on all of this. Um, I've always been in um, to professional development and personal development and self-care and reading and watching and listening and devouring those types of resources. But that was definitely the moment that, that sparked a, a radical change. And she helped me develop the tools that now allow me to continue to do that inner, inner work moving forward. So um, I would actually say all of that combined kind of answers all three questions as uh, she was certainly someone that, that I really admired, respected, and looked up to, and someone that has been very pivotal in my own transformation. But going through that divorce and the pending therapies absolutely what started me on this path. Well, that's a really inspiring journey. 
This leads to our second question and that is why did you write raise your game and sustain your game and who are they for? So I write the books that mirror what it is that I'm going through in my own life, which in essence means I write the book that I need to be reading myself. And the reason I do that is I find it both therapeutic and incredibly helpful for me to write about, communicate about and research the very things that that I need to improve or the very things that challenge me. So when I left the basketball training space in 2017 uh, to become a corporate keynote speaker uh, and was entering an industry where I had no name recognition, no credibility and no experience, I wanted to figure out, you know, what were the lessons and strategies that I could draw on from my previous career that would allow me to climb the proverbial mountain um, and and be, become a, a, an exceptional keynote speaker. So I wrote Raise Your Game, and the entire premise of that book is to how to reach optimal performance so that I could try to reach optimal performance in my new craft. Um, very similarly, uh, a couple of years later, when I decided to write Sustain Your Game, it's because I was struggling and challenged by stress, stagnation, and burnout. Um, this was really heightened during the global pandemic. And I, I figured, you know, in order for me to, to be able to overcome these issues, let me dive deep and study them and research them. And even though I write the books that I need to read, I also have the awareness to know that if I'm going through it, that, that I'm not alone, that other people are going through the exact same stuff that I am. So I write these books in full service of other people. Um, but I figure if I'm going to go ahead and do the research to help myself, then I need to be a steward and pay that forward to help others. You know, one of the mantras that I try to live by is that a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. So I figure if I'm going to lift up the hood and tinker with the engine and try and solve and self-soothe some of my own issues, that I might as well, you know, put that on the page and, and put that out in the world uh, for people to, to hopefully find helpful and beneficial. And, and as far as who are there for, who they're for, you know, really it's for anyone that's looking to not only reach optimal performance in their chosen craft or life, but that wants to learn how to sustain it and also have a high sense of fulfillment. So, you know, the work I do, I've, I've done in the athletic space, I've done in the corporate space, and these things have even really helped me just in my own personal life uh, as a father. So um, it, I can't really think of a person that wouldn't benefit from some of these principles and strategies. So I'd like to believe that anyone looking to uh, uh, raise and or sustain excellence would find them helpful. Alan, you're so amazing. And that is how we grow on all levels, isn't it? Whether it's on the personal level or professional level or even on the spiritual level, I feel your book will not only help but also inspire others to do the same. So what were your key learnings from Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry? The first thing that I learned from Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry was the importance of sticking to the basics and embracing and respecting the fundamentals. That, that having a, an immense reverence for the fact that the fundamentals are the foundation to which the rest of your house is built uh, in any area of life. Obviously their chosen vocation was in basketball, uh, but this principle has very high utility and applies to any other area uh, of work or even personal life. And in basketball, the fundamentals are your footwork, your shooting mechanics, your basketball IQ, and that's what players work towards mastery of during the unseen hours. 
Um, one of the things that I ask every group that I work with to do is to get crystal clear on what are the fundamentals in your specific area or your specific job or your specific industry or even your specific relationship and figure out what those fundamental building blocks are and then work towards mastery of those as consistently as possible. So that was the first thing that I learned. The second thing that I learned from those guys was that you need to learn how to blend confidence with humility. Uh, you, you need to earn the right to be confident by putting in the reps to deserve a chance to be successful, but you need to brush that with a massive stroke of humility, which in essence says, I'm open to being coached, I'm open to feedback, and I know that no matter how good I get, I still have room to improve and room to grow. Uh, you'll never put me under museum glass. I'm always going to be a work in, pro uh, 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 a work in progress and I'm always going to be under construction. So the key is, is blending those two things. And then the third thing that I learned from players like Kobe and KD and Steph Curry was that it's, it's great to have outcomes and it's great to have goals and destinations. And those will help give you clarity and they'll help provide direction. But once you've done that, you have to put those things on ice and focus completely on the process. Focus on the daily behaviors, the micro skills, and the habits that you need to do on a daily basis to inch you closer to reaching that goal or that destination. And when you can learn to love the work, when you can learn to love the process, uh, when you can learn to love the actual journey, then you've already won. Like when you love the work, any result or goal that you reach is simply a byproduct of that. It's the cherry on top of the Sunday. Uh, so even though those guys have very lofty goals of, of winning championships and winning accolades like MVP and scoring titles and making certain amount, a certain amount of money, they know that those things are the byproduct of working on their game every single day and becoming the best teammate that they can be. Well, those are some brilliant learnings that each one of us should imbibe. How can an individual beat their own habits in order to turn themselves into high performers? In order to beat your old habits, you have to have a very high level of awareness of what it was that you were doing before. Everything starts with awareness. Uh, you will never fix something you're oblivious to. You will never improve something you're unaware of. So first and foremost is you have to be aware of and identify the habits that you've been, been having that are not serving you. The habits that are getting in your way, the habits that are undermining your ability to become your best self. And you need to be able to acknowledge that. And, and that is a massive first step that I don't wanna gloss over um, because it's, it's so vital. Once you've done that, once you've identified the fact that these things you're doing are not serving you well, and you have an awareness, then you need to dig deep into having an understanding of how these things are affecting you. And the deeper you can go with that, um, the more you'll, it'll, it'll bring you to an emotion which will get you to change behavior. So for example, let's say you've established that you haven't been working out regularly and you haven't been eating um, you know, healthy foods. Um, it, it's great to come to that awareness. And part of that awareness is learning how to forgive yourself. You know, I don't say this because I don't want you to be critical of previous behaviors and I don't want you to stack shame and guilt on top of it. What you've done in the past is in the past and that no longer needs to define you unless you choose to let it define you. So once you've established and have this awareness, you need to ask yourself, what is at risk if I keep up with these old behaviors? If I, if I continue to not get exercise and I continue to not eat clean, what's at risk? Well. Physiologically speaking, you'll have all sorts of health concerns and your, your vitality and your longevity 
will start to plummet. In other words, you'll live a shorter life and you'll have less quality of life. And I, I don't say that to be dramatic. That's just basic scientific fact. Well, I can't think of a single person on the planet that consciously wants to decrease their vitality and longevity. You know, we want to be around to do the things that we love to do with the people that we love to do them with. So that's a big one. Um, so when you can connect it to that feeling of my quality of life and length of life is going down, that hopefully is an impetus enough to get you to start to change some of those behaviors. Uh, if what you're looking to do is very short-lived um, and kind of surface, you know, I, I want to eat clean and I, and I want to get some exercise because I have a, a high school reunion coming up and I want to lose five pounds for that. That's just, that's not going to provide you with the, the sustainable type of motivation and discipline necessary to continue to move forward. So you want to connect it to something that's really impactful and meaningful. And then lastly, you need to learn to recondition those behaviors. You need to be able to say, okay, I've been making some unhealthy food choices in the past. I want to start to improve those food choices. And I want you to get pretty specific on just some slight things that you can change. Uh, I'm a huge believer in dreaming big. But when you dream big, you still have to start small. So with this hypothetical example we're using, I do not recommend that you throw everything out of your pantry and refrigerator, that you hire a full-time nutritionist and some type of meal service, that you buy a Peloton bike, you, you, you go down and join the local uh, gym or yoga studio. Uh, I, I don't believe in doing all of that. I believe in picking one thing that you can start to tweak or do differently. So maybe you simply say, you know, um, I'm gonna abstain from soda or I'm not gonna eat any more fast food or fried food, or I'm gonna go for a walk for 30 minutes every single morning. Just pick one thing and get singular focus on what it is that you're trying to improve. And, and that singular focus will serve you well in building up the momentum to start to change those habits. What are the five best habits that people can adopt for living a fulfilling life or to be successful? I don't know that I could actually say what the best habits are because I do believe that that's somewhat individual for everyone. You know, what I may find is five habits that are incredibly helpful for me might not be the exact same five uh, that you and your listeners um, would, would find helpful. Um, but I will share some habits that have served me well, and then you can figure out whether or not these, you know, kind of fit into your perspective. Uh, one habit that I believe is incredibly helpful is, is just having some type of framework or routine uh, or structure to both your morning and your evening. Now with that, I'm not saying that there's a magical time to get up. I'm not saying there's a routine that every single person should follow because I don't believe one morning routine works for everyone. But I do believe that you need to wake up and have some sense of, of organization to how you're going to spend, let's say the first 30 minutes of your day. You know, what are some things that you can do in those first 30 minutes that can prime you and lay the foundation for the rest of the day. What are some things you can do to mentally, physically, and emotionally fill your bucket so you're ready to tackle whatever the day has to offer? Uh, very similarly, uh, what can you do in the evening to help you reflect, decompress, and be prepared for a solid night's sleep so that you can then start that entire cycle all over again? So uh, one habit would be coming up with some type of morning or evening routine. Another habit I'll believe, and I'll actually break this into three, so I'm going to count this as three habits, is to figure out what can you do for your physical well-being. You know, we, we used in the hypothetical previously about eating clean and, and getting some exercise. So let's let's look at the movement part. What can you do to be physically active and move your body? 
Uh, this doesn't mean that you need to train for a Spartan race or an ultra marathon or, or prepare to climb a mountain. Uh, can you simply go for a walk every single day? Or maybe you enjoy bike riding or, you know, if, if, maybe if a regular walk's not your thing and you have a dog, you take your dog for a walk. Um, what can you do just to get yourself up and get yourself moving? Uh, maybe you embrace the stillness of, of doing some yoga poses. Or I, I know I said you don't have to buy a Peloton bike, but if you have one and you enjoy it, then maybe you can make a commitment to, to doing and moving your body on the Peloton bike. Uh, the, the, the next habit would be, what can you do for your mental well-being and growth? You know, do an audit of what you currently read, watch, and listen to. You know, what books are on your bookshelf that you haven't read? What podcasts are in your queue that you haven't listened to? And what are some things that are either motivational or educational uh, on TV? You know, I do believe there is a time and a place for escapism and enjoying maybe the, the latest Marvel movie or, or the latest Will Ferrell or Kevin Hart comedy. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with finding enjoyment with watching a show like Ozark or Yellowstone. You know, I, I partake in some of that escapism myself and I actually enjoy it. But as far as feeding your, your mental capacity, you know, is there a documentary or a YouTube channel or YouTube video that can add, add some inspiration, some motivation and some education? Then a next habit, and this is kind of completes that trilogy, is what can you do for your emotional well-being? You know, can you have conversations with good friends, uh, consistent conversations, uh, or, or maybe you see a therapist, or maybe you're into meditation or prayer, or maybe you go to church regularly on Sundays, but what can you do that actually fills your emotional bucket um, is really important. And, and I believe that, that when possible, every single day of your life, you know, and this goes back to creating those guardrails in the mornings and evenings, if you can incorporate something for your physical, mental, and emotional well-being, especially on the bookends of your day, um, you're starting to create a, a pretty excellent day. Uh, another habit that I believe is invaluable is having some portion of your day dedicated to stillness and to quiet. Uh, this doesn't mean that you actually have to do a formal meditation and, and sit with your legs crossed, but can you carve out some time, even if it's just for a few minutes, where you're not tethered to an electronic device, you don't hear horns honking or phones buzzing or kids screaming, where you can just sit in stillness and be with your own thoughts for a few minutes. Um, and get some quality thinking in. And, and I, I think that decompression time uh, creates a space to do some creative thinking, but just allows you to stay in touch with you know, your, your personal uh, innermost feelings and thoughts, which I think is important. Um, I'll leave you with one more, and this one is very personal to me, but I make my bed every single morning. And the reason I do that is I believe making your bed is an act of discipline. And I'm a huge believer that discipline is the key to everything we want in life. Discipline is the key to freedom. It's the key to fulfillment. It's the key to high performance. And what's important to know about discipline, discipline is not preset like height or eye color. You know, I, I hear people say all the time, well, I'm just not a disciplined person. And I let them know that's just the story you're telling yourself. Now, you may have really good evidence of that. You may have a long list of very undisciplined decisions that you've made in the past, and that leads you to believe that you're undisciplined, but those were just decisions that you made in the past. You are free to change those anytime that you choose. And I suggest that you make that choice the next time you're faced with a decision. And even if the next decision you have to make is who do I follow on Instagram or what do I eat for lunch, 
then do your best to make a slightly more disciplined decision that moves you a little bit closer to becoming the person you want to be. And then when you start to do that, you'll build some momentum and you'll shift your narrative and you'll start to feel like a more disciplined person. And the reason I think discipline is the key to, to everything we're looking for, uh, I think it's, it's you know, grossly under-indexed compared to its, its sister component, motivation, which I think is over-glorified. People talk all the time about, you know, the, the need for motivation. You know, I consider myself a pretty disciplined person. For that matter, I'm a fairly motivated person as well. But using physical fitness as an example, and, and I probably work out four times per week and do that pretty consistently. But if I only worked out on the days I felt motivated to work out, I'd probably work out 15 times a year. But instead, I work out 250 times a year because I've learned to strengthen that discipline muscle. And anyone is capable of doing that. So um, I don't know if that was an exact list of five habits or not, but those are some of the things that I think if you can integrate into your life, you'll start to move yourself closer to the person you're trying to become. I completely agree with Alan. Discipline is a key to everything that we want or want to become. It really carves a person out of in the best of the best ways. So this leads to our final question, a final message that you would like to leave the audience with. The last thing I would say is, is learn to be kind and compassionate and empathetic with yourself. Uh, certainly, I hope you're kind, empathetic and compassionate to those around you and to those you care about. Um, but high performers need to learn how to be kind and compassionate uh, to themselves. It's been my experience, and I know this through firsthand experience as well as the people I've been around, uh, how easy it is to be self-critical, to hold ourselves to unbelievably high, almost unattainable standards, and then to pack on the criticism, the shame, and the guilt whenever we fall short of that ideal. Uh, so I want to encourage everyone to learn to talk to yourself the same way you would talk to a friend or a loved one. My guess is if somebody close to you reached out and said they were struggling, you would try to comfort them. You would do everything in your power to support them and encourage them and champion them in any way you could. And I just want you to learn how to speak to yourself with that same level of compassion. That's a wonderful message, Alan. Thank you so much for educating us on the same. It was lovely having you on the show. You can reach out to Alan through his website mentioned in the episode description. So with this, we come to an end of this episode. Hope you liked it and the feedback would definitely do wonders. We would really appreciate it if you can subscribe to Self Talk Show. More awareness, more episodes is coming your way. So stay tuned and keep self-talking. You can reach out to us for questions, queries or suggestions at www.selftalkshow.com or email us at showselftalk at gmail.com or through social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again and see you with another episode.